here again before I start the message just to let you know that Al it's been home although he hasn't been able to touch his bank account uh, Rona said that he has been in tremendous pain with his back and still not decided to go to the doctor as the doctors didn't give a very good um, report saying that there are chances that he might not be able to walk after the surgery so pray for him that you will have the conviction and the, the guidance from the Lord to know exactly what to do in this situation. Now please open to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, and we look at the story. That is found there. Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and pured, poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying in indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will always but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured the perfume on my body beforehand to prepare my, to prepare me for to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Amen. Hey Lord, uh, this is an account with so deep meaning. Lord, only Holy Spirit we need his help. We cannot, Lord, scratch it, even if you don't give us your insight. So Holy Spirit, come and show us the value that is in this story, in the deed of the woman, and in the words of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're like me, you always will, you look at the Bible and you'll have some passages, some things that will intrigue you. And this is one of them. Whenever I read this portion of the Bible, it intrigues me deeply. I call this sermon, The Woman and the Gospel. Jesus says something interesting towards the end. I tell you the truth. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, even here in Dumfries, what she has done would also be told in memory of her. Now, we all know what gospel means. Jesus came to die for our sins. But think how many times you've heard the gospel. 
and the woman being mentioned along with the gospel. Can you remember once, one instance when you heard the gospel and the woman mentioned along with the gospel? Yes, but did you hear messages? Did you hear a preacher preaching and the woman to be mentioned with the gospel? Did you hear that? But that was a faithful preacher, if you heard a preacher preaching the gospel and bringing the story with Mary. And I, I must confess, I wasn't that a faithful preacher. But this is, has intrigued me. And I want to see, Lord, show me how I must preach the gospel so that the deed that this woman has done will be mentioned along with the gospel. Because this is what the Lord Jesus said. And its value in this deed that the woman did for Jesus Christ. Because we'll see this deed of the woman helps us to understand better the gospel. All I can say that this woman, she did something that we ought to do when we hear the gospel. She appreciated Jesus. And as a result, she anointed Jesus. When others didn't see value in him, this woman saw value in Jesus. We know from John's account that this woman has a name, and her name is Mary. But in Matthew and in Luke and in Mark, she's not mentioned. Why? Because the Bible wants to say that there is room for everybody. Any woman can be included in this. So the point of all this message, the point of the gospel is this. The gospel needs to be appreciated. Jesus needs to be seen, needs to be seen for who he is. We need to see in Jesus what this, what this woman has seen. And alas, we fail to see. Many, many times when the gospel is preached, we see, fail to see what this woman has seen. So first of all, what can we say about this woman? She invested for the Lord. She invested for the Lord. And this speaks of her faith in Jesus. It says that this was... I'm so sorry I didn't bring with me the... I had an alabaster vase uh, at home. And uh, it says that she had perfume in this vase of alabaster. And the value, how much? Do you remember how much was the value? A year wage. Now just think about your wage. You have that wage to eat, to pay your bills, to go holidays, to have your own entertainments, enjoyment in life. And that was a whole year wage and she hasn't done anything with those money. She gathered and she, she saved. Now she couldn't do it in one year. Maybe she's done it for a length of time. But just imagine you go to Debenhams or you go to order on the internet perfume. How much do you order at once? 25 mils, 35, I don't know how exactly it's 50 mils. How much can you order? 
the Chanel number five, you know, that's one good, good one. 50 mils will do, yeah? Is somebody who in this room buys more than that? And here was, we don't know the amount of it, but we know the amount of money. And the point is that perfume says that was the most expensive perfume, most expensive ointment of that day, worth a year's wage. Now, when somebody comes with that one and keeps it and stores it, that's an investment. You know, you hear of people saying, now the time has come to celebrate, and they take the bottle of wine, especially for that day, and they will say, we've been saving this for something like that. Has to be a special event. And she doesn't bring the wine, but she brings something more expensive than the wine. She brings a year wage, which is in the perfume, in that vase of alabaster. And she brings it there in front of everybody. Jesus asked Martha when she came to, remember this story happens after Lazarus was raised from the dead. And both of the sisters were frustrated and complained, Lord, if you were only to be here earlier on, it wouldn't have happened all this. And Jesus has a conversation with Martha and says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. Do you believe this? Now, I don't know why she believed at that time. She said, yes, I believe, Lord. But Mary, I think she really worked with these words, especially after she saw the resurrection of, his, of her brother, because she really believed in Jesus. And you know, in my reading through, through the book of John, you will see there are more than one kind of belief. Now, I put down here four kinds of beliefs, although it can be more, but remember we had a message at Easter time when we looked and we've seen that people can believe various ways. They can believe only blinking, you know, just glancing. They can only believe like a theory, you know, in Jesus. They can believe only like the sense of perceiving, horao, and the most profound kind of believing or seeing it's eido, when you perceive and you're enlightened. Now, I found these traces throughout the book of John, and it says, in John chapter 2, 23 and 24, that because many saw the miracles of Jesus, they believed in Jesus. But what Jesus' response is, but Jesus, knowing their hearts, did not entrust, did not believe in them. So that's a very superficial kind of believing in Jesus. You can say you believe in Jesus, but the question is, will that belief help Jesus to believe in you, to trust, to entrust himself to you? They were in there only for the miracles, only for the benefits. Then there is another kind of belief. It's in John chapter 12, 42, 43. It says that many, when they, again they saw all that Jesus has done, again has to do with it. was something special about Jesus. He stood out. They believed in him, but they didn't want to show it off. They didn't want to show it outside for fear of men, because they loved much more the praises of men than the glory, the praises of God. Now, there are many who will say, and Jesus said, many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, we believed. We've been fascinated with your works, with your miracles. 
and we've tried even to follow you and perform them. But Jesus says, you didn't show commitment to me. You were ashamed of me. Then there is another kind of belief in John 14, 29. It's John 14, 29, where it says, I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. And Jesus speaks about his death. So this is belief as conviction. It's a strong evidence. In other words, you, you, you're cornered. You, you don't have an argument against what you've just seen. And this is working very much with people who say, don't believe in God, they are atheists. And you come and you put them in the front of historical, geographical, scientific event, uh, evidences, and they just can't say, well, yeah, I don't have an argument. But they still, they still don't do the next step further. Because this is the next step further. It's in, it's in John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? So this is the true faith. The true belief is that you believe in Jesus, not just for a season. You believe in Jesus not until your mouth is shut down because you don't have arguments to reason against him. You believe in Jesus through death itself. And that belief in Jesus will take you through death right to life. Now that's the faith and that's the belief that makes a difference. And that's the belief unto salvation. It's a kind of belief that you live on believing. That's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because in this gospel is covered, revealed the righteousness that is given by faith unto faith. It's not that, oh, yes, I understand Jesus is the son of God. It's I understand that Jesus is the son of God and I need to do something about it. I need to give my life to Jesus and I need to follow Jesus. I need to invest my life for Jesus. And that faith, that belief in Jesus will hold you through whatever the life may throw at you. And that's what she saw in Jesus while nobody else in that room could see. They only saw a great miracle maker, one who raised Lazarus from the dead. But she could see this, is the this here in this room is the very resurrection and life. And I believe in him. And I invest everything for him. So she invested everything for Jesus. Second... She didn't spare herself for the Lord. And the key word here, she broke it. She brought this, you know, maybe year by year, day by day, while she will add one drop and another drop and another drop till you had the value of a year's wages. Others say 300 denarius was there. The most expensive ointment of that day. And she said that she came and she broke it at Jesus' feet, and she poured all that on him. Now, what does it mean to break for you? It means at least three things for me. First, 
when you break something, that something is not the same anymore. It's changed. And when you break something, it's never the same. You know, you can put it together, but it's not the same. Try to, to, to buy something brand new, a porcelain, and you bring it home, and it's broken. Just something break your, breaks your heart, especially when you have something so expensive like it was this perfume in the vast vase of alabaster. It was never the same. Jeff's done a great job twice so far that I'm aware, fixing the wee cup of tea and the plate that we have it on Open Doors Day to attract people to come here. Because of the way they fell down, they were broken, and they are never the same. But you can still look. They're still looking good, but they are never the same. And second, when something is broken, becomes fragile. It becomes easier to break any time. And when you have something that is not brand new anymore, it's changed and it's fragile, the third thing, what is about that? No value, it's wasted. Just as well, I go and buy something else, a brand new thing, you know, and the cars I've been reading these days are made not to be sturdy, just to make you go buy another one. And the same with the computers and the electrics and all that. They are made as, when they are broken, they are broken. It's no worth to fix them. And that's what we see. But Jesus gives a total different dimension to this notion of brokenness. And he uses this woman. And when you look at the life of his disciples, they, all, they wasted their lives. Just look at the way Paul wasted his life. 1 Corinthians 4, 9. For it seems to me that God has displayed us apostles at the end of the procession, like prisoners appointed for death. We have become a spectacle to the whole world, to angels as well as to men. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored, but we are dishonored. To this very hour we are hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are vilified, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we answer gently. And up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth and the refuse of the world. A wasted person. And a wasted person it can only be a broken person. One who is fragile. One who is never the same. And we try so much to keep ourselves and to preserve ourselves from brokenness. And Jesus says there is value in brokenness. Because the value is not in itself. The value is in the one who touches you. How many times we see Jesus breaking stuff and blessing it. How many times we see in the Bible Jesus taking what is broken and giving it value. It's been given to him some fish and two loaves of bread. And there were nothing. He broke the bread and blessed it. And then he gave it. And it became something that blessed others. Only after he's been broken, divided, could be a blessing for so many mouths there. And this is here. This perfume is in the vase of alabaster. Until it's broken, the perfume can't, can't get out. And what says, when it was broken, says in John, 
that the room filled with the fragrance. We want to keep ourselves whole. Wholeness of life, health of life, everything. Don't touch me, don't break me. And just says, I'm calling you, and this is the message of the gospel. You need to be broken because if you're not broken, you're not changed. If you're not changed, you don't become fragile, dependent on me, in other words. And if you don't become fragile, you're not wasted. You have to become a waste for the world, and only there you'll find the meaning in me because my hands can make you whole again. But Jesus doesn't take things that are whole on themselves. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy. The doctor only fixes what is broken. I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the sinners. David couldn't be healed until he said, against you, you only have sinned, until he saw his heart broken. Peter couldn't be restored to come and follow Jesus until Jesus hurt him. He says in John, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. And at the third time, says, Peter felt hurt. Peter felt broken before Jesus. And then Jesus says, come and follow me. And showed him the kind of death he will have to die. Because there is value in what is broken and is given to Jesus. He'll do a very good job. If we can do good jobs with our glues, Jesus, imagine what he does with the glue of his love. And that's what happened. And you know what happened? What happened to then, it happens today. Brokenness was condemned. And brokenness, and the message of brokenness is still condemned nowadays. Judas Iscariot could, when he see that, say, oh, what a waste of perfume. This could have been used in other ways. Why break the vase and why spill, spill it? The perfume. Brokenness hardly understood, yet is the most appreciated thing by the Lord. You know, I, we shouldn't care what the world thinks about us when the Lord wants to break us, because it's what the Lord says. Otherwise, we are no better than the Pharisees. We love much more the glory of man or the glory of God. Breaking it meant I let it go because something else is more valuable to me than this perfume. This person is much vulnerable to me, Jesus, than the perfume. She could see what no other could see, the value of Jesus Christ. I've been to many funerals, to some of them, and you've been as well. I never heard one person that was buried, somebody to say something negative about that person. Only words of appreciation. Only words of praise. And you go, and you give some nice talks and you try to give some nice words to the family to the children of the dead person to the wife to the husband and you know what i'm just thinking they are sound so hollow because where were those words while the person was alive what stopped us from appreciating somebody that was still alive and it has to happen only when the person is dead to say something good about the person who died. And Jesus said, she has done something beautiful to me. She could appreciate me before I'm dead. She's doing this for my burial. She did something in advance. Don't, she did, doesn't wait to anoint me when I'm dead. And she shows the appreciation before. That's why we are called 
to appreciate one another in the Bible, to be thankful and grateful for one another instead of hurting one another. We hurt so much why we're alive, and then when the, well, the person is dead, we say how much we loved actually that person. How hypocrites can we be? Let's learn the lesson from this woman to appreciate one another before it's too late. By preserving ourselves from brokenness, we deny our appreciation to the Lord. Because the Lord says, this is my way. True worshippers are those in spirit and in truth. In other words, in the spirit, you have to be broken because what is in your spirit cannot be released. We have all the blessing of God in our spirits when we've been alive and made whole in Jesus Christ. But the soul with a strong will, with its emotions and ambitions and reasoning is so strong. And the vase of alabaster represents our soul. Our self needs to be broken. Because otherwise it's only my mentality, only my reasoning, only my ideas. Nothing of Jesus flows through me and through you. With brokenness, you can go, you can't go wrong. With your brokenness will only result in sweet aroma to God. Your personality has to be wasted, has to be broken. Jacob was never the same, the deceiver, which means deceiver Jacob, was never the same until the angel of the Lord struck him and broke him. And he became changed. He was never the same. And he became fragile because he was limping for the rest of his life. And the result was Israel. One, the man who fights with God or a prince of God. I'm all for, I'm all for, for being positive and inspirational. But true power of a positive message comes only from our brokenness before God. Only then we can become Israel princes of God when we really humble before him and lay it all at his feet. Before the sacrifice will be offered and received by God on the altar, it had to be what? Slain, killed, and the blood spilled out, and then the fire will come. God receives, and it's a burnt offering for him of a sweet aroma, says in Leviticus and Numbers when you look, only after it's broken. If we try to preserve ourselves, the smell is still there, but content in the vase, in our spirits. It will not flow through our souls and outside. The, on, the Lord only receives and works with the broken hearted. And third, this woman had true faith in Jesus, and you cannot understand the gospel if you don't have faith. This woman had admiration for Jesus, and you cannot love Jesus if you don't admire him. And the last step of this woman, she wasted. What was broken was wasted. She spilled out, the key word here, she spilled it out, everything. She saw the word of Jesus. That's the whole point. She saw the word of Jesus. Jesus said, it's a good thing for me, Judas. And you know, so many times we are selfish, even as Christians. Because that's our self, that's our soul. It's soulish, it's all the time in the way of the spirit. What is in for me? And I remember when we decided to go ahead with uh, the FIC, most of us were discussing, and I myself was in there as well, what is in for us if we join this association? What do we gain? What's the profit? 
until Vince stood up and said, we should not ask this question, what it's our profit, what it's in for us, but what we can give to them. How can we help them? Oh, it crushed me. Because that's how we think like the world. We conform so much to the pattern of this world. Jesus said, whoever will spare his life will lose it. And whoever will waste it for me will find it. And it's interesting when you break something, you know, that's what I said about the coffee. I can take that cup of your coffee and pour gently. And you know, I will do it carefully and I will do it with measure. And it will only fall in one place as fast and as much as I want to fall from that one. But when I am breaking it, you spill it. You're not at all careful. You just let it go all over the place. And you know what's the result of it? It's guaranteed that nothing will remain in the cup. When you pour, it's still a measure that can remain in the cup. When you break it, nothing. There is no chance anything can stay in something that is broken. And that's what Mary did for Jesus. She wasted everything for it, for him. You give up everything for Jesus, and there's nothing to hold you back when you understand the gospel. She loved Jesus for whom he was without waiting anything in return. And now we come to the crux of the problem. We come to the Lord and we like the gospel and we love the gospel because we hear that there is a gain for us. Only the broken can understand and love Jesus. She loved him with her most treasured possession, not just words, I love you, Jesus. This was no legalism. This was her devotion. This was more than consecration. It was her eyes seeing the word of Jesus. Our giving for Jesus determines his worth, how much he's worth for us. He's worthy, oh Lord. All right. But the question, how much he's worth for you and for me? How much do you pay for him? How much do you count him worth for yourself? We can all preach and love the gospel when we hear that Jesus came to die, to forgive us to save us from damnation, and to give us a heaven and to spare us from hell. Many preach the gospel in order to tell us what is in for us, but not to a, they don't preach the gospel to the extent of telling us that we need to give ourselves to the Lord. They want a, we want a Lord that will, give, that will give for us, but we don't want the other way that we'll give for him. And exactly that's what happens here. This woman preaches the gospel to us in the fact not that the Lord gives to her, her brother back, and forgiveness of sins. This woman preaches to us the gospel because she gives to the Lord as well. It's appealing to accept a Lord that passes you from judgment to life, but harder to accept a Lord that takes you as a prisoner and slave for him. We want a Lord that will deliver us from the consequences of sin and guilt, but not one that will deliver us from our own self. For many, the salvation of the Lord is merely from hell, yet they don't see that he came to save us from the world and self as well. That is why when the crowd started to flog Jesus for being amazed at the food, miracles, benefits they got, 
He warned them that the true follower is one who takes up his cross. Just look at the context when Jesus says this. The cross will break you and it will waste you. The cross will make you a partaker with his sufferings and thus you will appreciate his word. Remember when Paul said, Paul didn't say, all I want my goal in life is to be whole. All I want my goal in life is to know the blessing. All I want my goal in life is to enjoy abundant life. All he said, all I want more than blessing is to know him. Is the difference between the giver and the gifts of the giver. And we are lured in our preachings, in our churches, with the gifts and not with the giver. And Jesus said, whenever the gospel will be preached, it will be preached what this woman has done because she has seen the value of the giver, the worth of the giver. I have seen on Facebook churches that say, come here to be blessed. That's the point of the church. It sounds very nice, come here to be blessed. But this is too much selfishness. It's me, me. Come here to know the Lord. Come here to appreciate the Lord. Come here to see the word of Jesus. Whenever the gospel will be preached, it will be said what this woman has done. I'm owing. I owe to my Savior to preach what this woman has done. She saw the word of Jesus. Not just her own blessing. She saw the way she can bless Jesus. And it's time that we shake ourselves from this conformity to the pattern of this world and stand up for what we should be. New creatures with new mentality in Christ Jesus. A Sunday school teacher. When Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Because when you know Jesus, everything comes all inclusive with a brokenness. A Sunday school teacher asked, who wants to be a Lazarus and who wants to be a rich man? One answered, I want to be the rich man here on earth and I want to be Lazarus in heaven. And the problem with us is that we want the boat, uh, boat of both. Uh, we want, how do you say that? We want both worlds as long as there is benefit for us. I want the benefit here on earth, the blessings, and I want the blessings there in heaven. And Jesus says, waste it for me. Waste it for me, lose it for me, and you'll find it then. Paul says in Corinthians, one died for all. We count that one died for all, and therefore we all died. And he died that all those who live will not live for what? For themselves. I want the Lord that I can live for myself. But no, Lord says, I, you want me, and you live to live for me. We live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised. Paul says, we are not only appointed to believe in Jesus, but also to suffer for him. Many believe in Jesus to the extent of receiving happiness and heaven, but not receiving suffering of being rejected by men. That's why the story of Mary must be told when preaching the gospel. Because we can preach only half of the gospel. We can only preach the giving of Jesus for us. But there is a second half of the gospel that is our giving to him. She gave, and says interesting here, she gave all that she could give. God bless you, Graham. And the thing is, only her ointment was received. Because on the third day, when they went to the tomb to anoint Jesus, what happened? How many could anoint Jesus? There were many oils, nice spices there. How, how much of, of it was anointed on Jesus? None. Had Mary, she had insight, she had faith in Jesus, she had admiration, and she saw the word of Jesus. 
and Jesus received her ointment. She gave all that she could give. The, for those who love the Lord, 300 denarius, a year's wage is nothing. For those who love the Lord Jesus, even 50 years' wages is nothing. You know, when I bought my bike, what I did, I negotiated and I said, well, it has this, this scratch, it has that. Can I get it cheaper? Because I counted the worth of the bike according to me. But when you come to Jesus, we cannot do the same. Jesus, I want to follow you, but can I get it this way, lower this way? You come with everything and you pull it down, put it down there. And only in brokenness, it happens in Romania, it's still bribery when somebody goes in the hospital and it's hard to break it, you know why? And before I condemn them for bribery, you still, the doctors are paid like NHS here, but you still have to pay extra in the envelope. Why? Because you count worthy the person that is there, your father, your mother, your child. And you put extra money because it's not about encouraging the bribery. It's because I want to make sure that person stays alive on the surgery room. Think about Jesus this way and invest for him. And the main point is gospel is more than salvation, heaven, rewards, and blessings. Jesus, the gospel is about Jesus alone and alone, him alone only. And the reverse of all this is she gave to Jesus and the gospel is preached because Jesus invested for us as well. He came from heaven for us. Jesus was broken for us at the cross. Blood spilled out from him and Jesus wasted himself for us. He gave lavishly everything for us, his life, that we have life from the abundance. He has changed, he's been broken, he's never the same. He's, God the, he's not just God, now he's God the man. And he's in heaven, still with the rib broken, the feet and the hands pierced. And he says, I'm still giving myself to you. What do we learn from here? And I want to close with this because Watchman, put this so well. Oh, to be wasted. It's a blessed thing to be wasted for the Lord. So many who have been prominent in the Christian world know nothing of this. Many of us have been used to the full, have been used, I will say, too much, but we don't know what it means to be wasted on God. We like to be always on the go. The Lord will sometimes prefer to have us in prison. We think in terms of apostolic journeys. God dares to put his greatest ambassadors in chains. This book was a series of messages, Normal Christian Life. In the 40s, if I'm right, and on the 1948, the communists came in China to power. And two years later, 1950s, Watchmani was imprisoned and stayed in prison indeed. These words became true for him until 1970s when he died, 20 years in prison. And he was such a great ambassador. China owes to him for what's happening now there. And he was wasted. He preached this message about 10 years ago, uh, 10 years before it happened practically in his life. 
can I please we close with the video? And then I let you go home. Strange. 
kind of love is too overwhelming for us. We, we've never ever experienced from anybody this measure of affection at your cross, your progress has displayed to a whole world and is still ignored, is still not understood. Lord, please spare us we don't want to be the ones that will miss it right in our churches. Please, Holy Spirit, come throughout this year, Sunday by Sunday, and reveal to us the full measure of your love. So, Lord, we, in our turn, we can waste ourselves to you and spill everything for you. In Jesus' name, amen.